Hi guys, you're listening to The Summons. I'm Tess. I'm Camille. So today on the show, we've got our mindfulness hosts. You may have heard of the program. It runs on Thursdays at 1pm. Gabby's a second year JD student here, um, and she's also the recently elected women's officer. And Josie, who also runs the mindfulness meditation group, has a background in human development, and she's also got credentials from UCLA in mindfulness facilitating and training from Stanford in compassion work. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. So this podcast is really about just some strategies with Swapback coming up. Um, so I might start with you, Gabby. How did the mindfulness group start? Um, so when I was in first year, I was the LSS first year representative and I had the opportunity to talk to a lot of students who were like feeling very overwhelmed, particularly a lot of art students who were like, oh my God, what even is an exam? Like, give me an essay. <laughs> um, so we just wanted to do something that would help students to be a bit more mindful of their well-being and not focus so much on the grades and be conscious of how they're feeling and to manage the stress so that, you know, when, you're, when your mind's doing well, your marks do better as well. That's awesome. Um, and how did you get Josie to get involved? Um, one of Josie's friends actually put me in touch with her. I put out a notice on Facebook being like, I want to do like exercise and well-being classes weekly. Like, does anyone know anyone? And then one of her friends messaged me and then, um, I emailed Josie and I couldn't get in touch with her. And then she just showed up at law school and she was so keen to get involved and get started. And it kind of went from there. It was good. That's awesome. Beautiful. And the program's been running for two years now. Have you noticed a shift in how the students engage with the program? Yeah, I think it's really good. I think compared to when I was in first year, well-being is becoming a lot more of a common topic of conversation. I think it was due to the competitive environment, talking about not doing well or being nervous or being behind wasn't something people like to discuss. But I feel like, thankfully, it's becoming more and more normal to be like I'm actually really stressed or I'm really behind you know what can I do about it and like pulling together as a community to help each other out and what's some of the um, most common issues that come up around this time of semester that you guys have seen um well speaking more generally not about the group is just people who have fallen behind in readings and being like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to catch up. Like, I can't read yeah. eight weeks worth um, during SWATVAC. And then they kind of get into a frame of mind where they're stressing out about their stress and not able to concentrate on what they actually need to get yeah. done. Um, yeah, Tracy? I feel um, the main uh, concern I hear is this feeling of not being, uh, being inadequate. Um, I think that's the common thread, and it can be in many different, it can show up in different ways, but I think that's the common ground. It can be that I'm not good enough at this subject, or I'm not good enough to get a job, or a, a, a clerkship, or um, I'm having trouble with friendships or losing weight or whatever it is. I think there's, it seems, the common thing I feel is that everyone else has it together except me. And nobody really does. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, so um, you've raised a few issues that people deal with, that we all deal with, and what are your um, tips on 
things to do in those situations, things to be mindful of in those situations? I think uh, coming from the mindfulness background, um, in order to practice uh, this becoming aware of rather than thinking, we're really good at thinking. However, the mindfulness is really to become aware of. And in order to become aware that I'm stressed or I'm suffering, usually when we're stressed, we're really not aware that we're stressed. We're just going through the motions, trying to fix the problem or ourselves. Um, and so the first thing I would say is just stop whatever you're doing and stop completely. Become still and quiet, which is very hard when you're in that circle, when you're in that by the, the habit just pulls you that I need to do this and I don't have time to stop right now. And that's exactly what you need the most, to stop in order to become aware what's actually happening within you and around you in this moment. So, and it's hard. It's really hard to stop. We're not used to it. We're really human doings rather than human beings. We're really good at doing and being busy. Busy makes us feel good and productive. And if we stop, we feel kind of ashamed and lazy. Mm -hmm. And um, there's something wrong. When in fact, it's a very healing and nurturing practice to stop and become still. Just take three deep breaths yeah. and become aware that you're breathing. I, would, I was saying to you earlier that I do the phone app with the meditating program and even if you just do the 10 minute sessions and sit down and stop I find such a difference and I think that when someone tells you to stop it's not stop everything for a day it's really take 10 minutes mm -hmm. to come back to yourself <laughs> yeah, which to is come much more manageable for law students who feel like they have so much to do absolutely and it, it's to come back to the present moment to what's actually happening now instead of in my mind this story, this constant, this voice in our head that's constantly uh, commentating on everything that's happening or not happening or what happened before and catastrophizing the future, really. Um, so it's, yeah, and, and I would say, I heard years ago that a meditation is it's one conscious breath. So if you don't have 10 minutes, that's okay. Take one conscious breath repeatedly during your day. Just stop completely. That takes a lot of energy and effort. Do it anyway. And just take a deep breath in and a deep breath out, becoming aware of your body when you're breathing in and when you're breathing out, feeling it. It's more about feeling rather than thinking. That's the practice. And that, if you do it many times a day, has a tremendous uh, wholesome uh, effect in your life and the way you relate to whatever's happening within and around you. Mm -hmm. uh, so in terms of resources that uh, people can use, obviously there's your sessions that you run every Thursday, which will start back up again next semester. And then also you're running a session in Spotback. Yes, um, so the session in SWATBAC will be on the Thursday from 12 to 1 on in the Enrichment Centre in the mezzanine. So you just enter the Enrichment Centre and it's in the back left-hand corner. Um, and it's really pretty. There's like lots of sunlight and chairs and 
yeah, it's cool. It's going to be fun. <laughs> and what do you do in the sessions? Um, the sessions really are, first of all, it's we set guidelines in order to create a safe environment and that we all agreed upon. How to, mm. what do we need in order, what's the basics that we need in order to feel safe to be ourselves as we are in the moment. And once we agreed upon that, then we practice, we share, we practice a little bit of meditation, a short meditation, and then we talk a little bit about the research and neuroscience, um, about well-being, what, that well-being really is a skill. It's not something that if the circumstances show up, you're going to be happy and healthy. No, you really have to take responsibility for your well-being. And by well-being, I mean your mind. It starts really with the mind. How can we train our mind to be peace at peace? And how can we train our heart to be warm and open? It's a courageous practice. It's not easy because um, there's so much expected from us in every direction. So how can we keep a peaceful mind and an open heart to everything that comes our way? Really, mindfulness is about saying yes to the present moment, however it is. And sometimes the present moment sucks, and, but it's the only moment we got. So how about if I say yes to it and become curious about what can I learn about myself in this moment? instead of how can I fix this moment, mm, which is a very different energy. One is kind of like a defense mode, and the other one is relaxed and open. Great. And for students, I guess, who find, I don't know, meditation, a lot of people are put off by it in that they think the circumstances have to be totally right. And you've also mentioned already about how it's just being conscious, one breath, starting, you know, just taking that minute of time. I know a lot of other people who've talked about uh, gratitude journals, so we write down three things you're grateful for. Are there any other sort of mindfulness mechanisms that students could use during some upcoming period if they find that meditation for them is not exactly what suits? Um, two things that I would suggest that are really great that I've picked up um, from Josie and from um, CBT therapy as well is... Um, the first one is to-do lists. Like, we love to-do lists as law students. Like, we're like, we get to swap back and we're like, okay, I'm six weeks behind in readings. I'm going to do these two weeks on Monday, these two weeks on Tuesday, and it's completely not realistic. And then you get really upset when you don't make it. And a great thing is to be aware of what you've got on that week. So when you make your to-do list, don't ask, what do I have to do to catch up? Say, okay, what will my to-do list look like as someone who has netball on Tuesday and church on Sunday or, you know, work three times this week and just being aware of what you have going on outside of law school and setting realistic expectations um, for yourself. And the second thing is, um, Josie might be able to talk more about this, but she told me about this study where um, a guy said that you need seven different things to have like a holistic lifestyle and one of them was playtime. And for me, when I get like really, really stressed and I'm just like, oh, I can't focus, I can't study, but I'm really not in the mood to meditate, I just, I'm angry. Mm. Um, just taking some time to do things that make you happy, whether it's like, you know, jamming in an instrument for 30 minutes or like calling your friend to talk about, you know, which bachelor got kicked out this week that you're upset about, like whatever it is that makes you happy, so like scheduling in your study schedule, like playtime for something that you enjoy um, 
really, really helps. And Joyce, you might have more. Um, well, I agree with her. I think playtime, uh, it's a must. We really need to make space in our schedule for play. And, and that means um, an activity that you're not in it for to get something out of it. You're just doing it for the enjoyment of doing it. And, and for instance, going back to neuroscience, um, they say that there's four skills that are proven to, to change the structure of the brain in a wholesome way. So there's practices of compassion and generosity and gratitude. Yes, keeping a journal, because the brain has a negativity bias. We focus on the negativity, on the, what's wrong. And we really need to train our brain to focus on what's good, too. Mm -hmm. And writing it, it's so excellent. And if you don't want to write it, then you have a, a, a practice with your partner or a friend. Hey, what are three things you appreciate today? And um, another one is compassion. We're very hard on ourselves. Self-compassion, I would say. Um, to be kind to ourselves in those moments. To become aware that suffering is part of the human condition. If you're suffering, it doesn't mean that ha something has gone wrong. It just means you're human, you're alive, you're breathing. That's all it means. So to become aware of that, if I feel small, become aware that there's a million people probably in this second feeling small with you. You're not alone. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just human. Humans feel small all the time. And so a little bit of compassion and kindness to, to how can I say yes to my imperfections? I said today that I was going to finish all these things today, and I'm still on number one. And it's 10.30 p.m. and I'm falling asleep. Can I say yes to me? I still like you. And we're going to make a greater effort tomorrow. So compassion, kindness, I think it's a major one that we don't feel we deserve. And the last thing I would say is to practice telling yourself that you're enough, which is we don't believe it. You know, I gained three pounds. That's hard. And say, well, just as I am, with all my imperfections, with my three extra pounds, I'm enough. And what I mean by enough is I'm worthy of love and belonging, of connecting with others, of being part of. So I think that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> and a challenging one. There's this great TED Talk, because I remember talking to Josie about this last year and being like, that's weird, like, <laughs> to love myself. I don't even know how to do that or what that looks like. And um, she showed me this great TED Talk by a um, psychologist who said, like, if you're self-criticizing yourself, you're actually triggering off your flight or fight center in your brain. And you get, you know, that racing heartbeat, that empty stomach. And she said, a trick to show self-compassion and to love yourself is to talk to yourself like you're your best friend, like internally. So saying things like, if I'm really, really stressed, like, Gabby, like, calm down. Like, you've had a big week, you know. Like, you're not an idiot. Stop calling yourself an idiot. Like, talking to yourself as if you were someone else will just, like, calm down that 
um, biological response that you're feeling in your stomach and in your heart and in your brain and it helps to think of it as if you're talking to someone that isn't you because we're so good at being nice to everyone else but ourselves. Yeah, there's three components of that and, and she's talking about Kristen Neff and um, she's a researcher at the University of Texas in Austin and she talks about self-compassion has three components. Mindfulness is one of them. The second one is uh, common humanity, to become aware it's part of the human condition. And then the third one is kindness. And by mindfulness, she means most of us, when we're in the middle of a struggle, we don't know that we're suffering. We go to problem-solving mode. So it's to stop, once again, and to say, ouch, I didn't finish what I said I was going to finish. Ouch, I'm really disappointed. That hurts. I'm stressed. I feel overwhelmed too. And it sounds like uh, obvious, but it's not obvious. Most of us are not aware how we feel in the moment. And so it, that's the first thing, to become aware that I am suffering. And it's not a thought, it's a, a feeling once again. I feel it. Where do I feel it? When my heart's pumping, like my eyes are huge right now, my hands are really tense, I feel kind of like a knot in my stomach. And then the common humanity. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And the third ingredient is the kindness. Um, because we're mammals, we respond to tone. Uh, we respond to words and to touch. So how can I talk to myself with words that are comforting? Um, just kindness. Like you would treat a friend of yours. If your friend came and said, oh, I'm so stupid, I'm an idiot, I can't believe I did this. The first thing I'd be like, please, you're not all those things. You're a wonderful friend. I love you. I like you so much. It hurts me to hear you talk about yourself this way. But we do it with ourselves all the time. So how about if we treat ourselves as we would treat a really good friend when we're in our best, when we're really open and comforting and loving? And that's the invitation. And I think forgive ourselves if we don't get everything done and just say, you know what, it's not, it's not that bad. Like, exactly. It was really good to be reminded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we really, like I said, we think we need to earn it. We need to earn our kindness. We need to earn our forgiveness. Um, and no, you don't. You deserve your kindness at any time. I don't care what you messed up. I don't care what you said to someone that was horrible and mean. You deserve your kindness. You deserve your forgiveness. And forgiveness is a process because in the process of forgiveness, we have to grieve. You know, there's a, a researcher at Stanford, um, Fred Luskin, and he talks about forgiveness. In order to forgive ourselves and others, we need to feel the pain to grieve that, that feeling small and, and but just set your heart towards forgiveness that's where I want to get to I'm not there yet and that's okay but I'm, I'm, I'm my heart is looking towards forgiveness that's where I want to get that's my intention and it's a process mm -hmm. it's a painful process I might say but it's worth it mm. um, it reminds me of I started journaling um, last year when Josie told me about the practice and it was um, it was always three things I'm thankful for today um, what 
uh, and what I learned from today. And I think writing down what I learned from today helped me forgive myself because it's like I would write, I didn't do this and I was really upset, but I learned I set unrealistic expectations of myself or Mm. like, you know, I had this, this, this and this on today and I didn't have time to study. Oh, I've learned I don't prioritize my time correctly and it just helps me to forgive myself easier because it's like it's not that I'm doing it wrong. It's that I'm learning to do it right Mm. and it makes it easier to forgive yourself. Yeah, And I guess the question that follows on from this is, I know we're all perfectionists in this building, mm. so although we're all kind to our friends and want to help out, how can we foster more of an open community of acknowledging our struggles during swapback? I think a lot of people, like was already mentioned, you know, we say, yeah, I'm fine, I'm getting through. Mm. What can we be doing to facilitating? And there's, there's Are You OK Day that it's like one day yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how can we just create a culture during this very intense period where we can really be a support for each other the first thing is in my view to start the conversation mm-hmm. um, a safe environment doesn't just pop up out of nowhere it just doesn't It doesn't pop up in our families, with our partners and our friendships. We need to talk about what's okay and what's not okay. We need to get real about uh, setting boundaries, uh, speaking what we need, saying, look, this is what I need, and um, being honest. It takes time, I'm sad to say. Everything worth doing takes time and a lot of patience. It just, that's what I, before we started the podcast, it's not one, two, three, four, five, Mm. do it and you're done. Mm. No, it's kind of like, I want to be authentic. Check, I'm authentic. (laughs) No, it's it's a practice. It's a moment to moment and it's a moment to moment decision. Am I going to be real in this moment? Yes or no. I struggle with it and I practice. And I forgive myself when I'm not real, when I'm like, I say yes, when I really meant to say no, or whatever. So my point is that we need to have those conversations. We need to have our conversations. Start small. Start with your partner. Start with your family. Look, I know this is a topic that we don't talk about, but I want to talk about it. And the way to talk about it is we need to listen to ourselves we need to respect different point of views. We're not here to solve anything. I just want to hear what you're about, and I want to be able to speak my truth. And it has to be in a language that is friendly. It cannot be a language that's hurtful or with the intention to, um, yeah, to hurt someone. Mm-hmm. It needs to be words that, that, that inspire trust. So I would say that's the first thing to do. And second, um, perfectionism, most of us think perfectionism just means that I just like to do things really well. That's not what perfectionism is. Perfectionism is, um, like for instance, Brene Brown, another researcher from... Oh, she's great. I love her, yeah. She talks about perfectionism. It's a way of numbing. Mm. It's a way of numbing because we think if I... Uh, look perfect, do everything perfect, uh, accomplish everything perfect that I'm going to minimize or avoid being criticized, ridiculed, made fun of. Um, And the truth is, 
no matter what you do or how great you look, you're human. So mm -hmm. someone's going to criticize you. Someone's going to reject you. Someone's not going to like you, regardless of what you accomplish or not, or how you look or not. So it's a very unrealistic expectation, and it doesn't come from within. It's not healthy striving. It's about the exterior. How are people uh, evaluating me? And I want them to think that I'm great, which is an unrealistic expectation, what um, Gabrielle was saying. So <clears throat> yeah, I think having this group every Thursday and come at 1 o'clock. And I understand that everybody's busy doing uh, a zillion things. Like you mentioned, at lunchtime, there are five things <laughs> available for students. And well-being is not a priority. Right. So um, because it's kind of like a waste of time when you can really be getting ahead in something, uh, learning a new skill or networking, whatever it is. So well-being is like, oh, OK, I'll do that later. But it improves all that, and you know, yeah. you're able to focus more, and you're more productive, and everything. And you're happier. Yeah, and you're happy. Mm. <laughs> you're happier. It, you feel like your life has meaning and purpose, mm -hmm. and that's really important. That's the source of happiness. That's one of the sources of happiness, that you feel that your time, your day was meaningful, and you had a purpose, and you made someone happy. It's not all about you. It's about how can I make the world better? How can I make this building better? How can I make my friendship, my relationships better? It's not about me. The more about me I make it, the more miserable I am. So yes, it's about thinking outside this human the body. <laughs> yes, yes. This, this area of the, of the body, which is the head. And, and finding meaning and purpose and for instance, uh, not long ago, I gave a talk, and someone said, well, can you be successful if you take care of yourself, if you stop? And I said, absolutely. But at the end of the, and then I thought about it a little more, and I thought, well, what is success to you? What is success to you? And going back to Brene Brown, it seems like today and age, um, she says the most dangerous idea that we have is that an ordinary life is a life not worth living. In other words, if you have a nice home, you have a wholesome relationship with your partner, with your family, you go to work and you love your work or your studies, but not everybody knows about it. You're not in magazines, you're not in papers, but you're happy and you feel like you're making a difference in your community. That's not a life worth living, because not everybody knows about it. And that's a very dangerous, dangerous belief. And I would just add that, yeah, it's more than being nice. I think for me, and I'm going to speak about myself here, it's about, once again, healthy striving, how I want to be better every day. Mm -hmm. Every day I want to be the best version of myself that I can touch today. And it's not about if I'm liked or not. It's about did I, did I stay true to myself? Did I stay grounded in my values? Or did I betray myself? Because even if I'm liked and I betrayed myself, I'm going to have a hard time looking at the mirror that day. Mm. And 
So I agree, and, and it made me think of this, uh, what do you call it when you, common speech, when you give a talk? Commencement speech. Commencement speech, yeah. speech yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, that this writer, I forgot his name, but he said that there's three things he was telling students to remember, like do, in order to get a great job and succeed. He said you need three things. You need to um, be really good at your work. Um, timing, he says, always show up on time, like deliver your work when you said you're gonna deliver. And be kind, be kind. And then he says, and if I have to be truly honest with you, you only need two of those. If, you, if you're really good at your work and you show up at time, even if you're not kind, they're gonna call you because your work's really good. And if you're kind and you're late but your work is good, they're gonna call you too. And then the same one around. No, um, but I think it's true, and, and I think for myself, um, it's to realize too in, in what I've learned of students here is that sometimes students think there's only one path towards wherever they wanna get, get to. And the reality is that there's so many different ways to get to where you want. If this didn't work out, it doesn't mean that you cannot get there. It just means there's, you have to find another way. But if you really want it and you know your heart's in it, you're gonna get there just in a totally different way. And, and this is your path. Don't try to get in someone else's path. That's theirs. Your professor, that was his path. Your, your friend, that's his. You have to discover your own. And trust that wherever you are, is where you meant to be, to grow and learn. Like what, what Gabrielle was saying, what can I learn from this in order to get where I want to? Um, I think leading on for that, um, particularly in clerkships, what we've noticed is people get the rejection email for anything, say if it's a clerkship, and they're like, crap, I got a rejection. Like, I'm going to like freak out and get really upset and feel like I'm not going anywhere. Um, and that was like what Josie was saying, your mind has a tendency to be so negative. And it's important to like step back, stop, process what you're feeling, realize what you're feeling and then think, okay, I didn't get that. What are my options now? Because rather than being negative, you can like zoom out, see the bigger picture and think, okay, I want to do corporate law. I didn't get a clerkship. Like what are my other options? Like could I do a judge's associate for a year? Could I maybe get a paralegal job at a corporate law firm that doesn't do clerkships and, you know, get a grad job through there? Or can I volunteer? Can I do this? Can I do this? And, like, there are great internship programs that the law school has as well. You can go into, like, you know, ASIC or whatever it is. Like, there's all different things. It's just, like, process what you're feeling emotionally. Like, tend to yourself first. Mm -hmm. Then when you're in the right frame of mind, problem solve. Okay, cool. I didn't get it. What's next? Not... Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm a failure in my life. Yeah, yeah which my I, I'm, over. I'm still learning. My life's over. Yeah, I'm my professional life is over. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm still learning to do this because, like, I tend to cry for a bit first as well. Oh, I'm a it's big a cry. Yeah, yeah, big cry. I'm a big cryer. But <laughs> Me like, too. yeah, it's Me too. it's learning. It's and a I learning think that process. Can also be applied to exams. So yeah. the process it and move on. Sort of yeah. thing as well. Yes, but yeah. I think the key thing is that you have to feel it. Yeah. You do have to cry. If you feel like crying, you have to cry. Yeah. And if you feel like, wow, this sucks, feel it because it does suck. Totally true. You cannot go to the problem solving. B 
before you connect to the feeling. Yeah. You really have to grieve. It sucks, but we have to do it in order to move on and see things clearly as they are. Because in the middle of it, we're not seeing things clearly. Our mind is not here. It's, it's go, thinking about the past. I should have done this. I could have done that better. I should have started harder. I should have done this. I should have gone to that cocktail party. Why didn't I network there? I messed that one up. Or should my life's over? My professional life is over. It's not. It's not just you really feeling pain right now. Feel it. Mm -hmm. You might learn something about yourself. Well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, I think we'll, a good advice to end on. Absolutely. <laughs> Be kind to yourselves. Prioritize self-care. This swap back. Yep. Thanks again. And if you can make it, guys, the... Swap back mindfulness session will be on Thursday at 1 p.m. Is that 12 to 1? 12 to 1, sorry. Um, on the mezzanine. So thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Show. Thank you very much. Um, did you introduce I didn't credentials? Do, I didn't introduce the credentials. I was Let's